I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this retreat here at Gaia House. This is Leela and my name is Yanai and we're very happy to be here with you. And uh, there's always this sort of moment just at the beginning where we just see who's here and also you see who's here. And um, there's something for me very lovely in that and uh, to see both familiar faces here and new faces. And whoever you are, however you come to be here and however you know yourself to be who you are, whatever your social location, your particular characteristics, please know you are very welcome here. Whatever your ethnic heritage may be, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your ability, your age, your education, your social context. You're very welcome here. And it's lovely to be at Gaia House with a meditation hall full of people because this is something that hasn't been happening as much over the last two years as it used to. And so I, uh, there's an extra sense of uh, real just gratitude for me in being able to be here with a group of people such as yourself. And I'm aware that there's a significant number of people who are here for the first time. And uh, it can sometimes be a little daunting coming into a new situation such as this. And I'd like to really assure you that uh, many people, not so different than yourselves, I imagine, have come into a situation like this and have found their way. There are indeed aspects that might be unfamiliar and potentially challenging, but there's also an incredible resource of support and of wisdom born of much experience to support you in being here. And that's part of what it will be our role to offer, but also part of what actually you will offer each other in being here together. And coming into a retreat like this, it's, it's a very particular thing to come into a space where one is intentionally engaging with one's, we could say, inner life, with one's heart and mind and body. And in a way that's perhaps a little different than how we might ordinarily. To come on a retreat is not to be escaping from our lives or getting away from the world because the world is here and our lives are lived with these bodies, hearts and minds just as our retreat will be engaged with this experience of being a human being. And people such as ourselves, people of all ages, in all lands and all times have chosen to take time to focus their attention on what is most important to give support to exploring what, what we care about what's possible for us as human beings and so this is really what a retreat offers us an opportunity to turn towards what for some of us, we might speak of as 
the spiritual dimensions of our lives. And for others, we might not see those as separate from what we just call our humanity. And the teachings that we'll be offering are grounded very much in teachings of the, the Buddhist tradition of the really remarkable offering of wisdom and compassion that the Buddha, a human being like ourselves, who was deeply interested in the condition of a human life and what was possible for us, who dedicated himself to exploring that and who spent his life sharing what he discovered. And it's something that others have discovered equally to be of value and benefit. So coming into the retreat, we're coming into a a framework that has, a, in a way, a depth of both historical tradition, but equally importantly, lived human experience that is something that can be shared, that we can learn from, that we can grow through, that we can come to know for ourselves. And again, this is all part of what a retreat offers, what is possible here. Coming into the space. And Gaia House as a retreat centre offers a field, a framework for that. But equally, we ourselves create this. And some of that creation comes from just our intention to bring ourselves here, as you all have done from perhaps not so far away, some of you. And I've just travelled about eight miles. I live quite near here. Although I started my journey on the other side of the world. Um, that was a long time ago. You can probably tell from my accent. And uh, Leela has travelled somewhat further to be with us. And I'm really glad you're here, Leela. We've been teaching together for over 20 years. And uh, for two years we haven't been able to. And it's really... I'm just so happy that you're here. And uh, that you made it. <laughs> It's not always straightforward getting um, from one place to another these days. So I'll have some more to say, but I'm going to pause for now and pass over. Your microphone's pointing away from you, so you might just want to try it on the other ear, because it's bent the wrong way. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) That looks. You happy? Hi. (laughs) I'm delighted to be here. And and as I'm landing here this evening, I I just came in as uh, many of you did with with a taxi from Newton Abbott and I started uh, very early this morning there was a bus, and then there was a, a metro train, and then there was another train, and a flight, and a train, and another train, and a taxi. There's so much involved in just living a day of life, isn't there? Uh, it takes a lot as a human being just to kind of make it work. Anyone here that 
finished your to-do list before you came here? <laughs> Please raise your hand, I want to meet you. <laughs> I didn't. And we can't. And this is not how we come on retreat. So life has this way of rolling on. It has its momentum, right? We take on things, and sometimes the things we take on uh, start to overwhelm us. And some things, we don't even know how we took them on, but it's part of our life in terms of responsibilities, things we said yes to, and habits we've developed. So many habits, good habits perhaps, that support depth, that support good human, meaningful contact, and perhaps a lot of not-so-helpful habits, right? And there's been the pandemic and all of that. All the ways when we feel a bit lonely, perhaps, restless, agitated, confused, all these things that we feel as human beings. What do we do? We like to consume things. We, we like to eat things, look at things. And so to come on a retreat, you know, when you book it, uh, it may seem like a great idea. It's like, I'm going to go on retreat, and you can long for it. It's going to be so nice to have this pause from the to-do list and the momentum of life. And then when one comes here, and if it hasn't happened already, probably it will happen sort of by tonight. It's like, oh, I'm not so sure this is a good idea. It's new and it's strange and, and new people and maybe new food. And, and then you can start to feel those habits, like, like watching the 57th episode of some series that you're following or, you know, all those habits of scrolling and, and, and you know, messaging and all of that. And it can really become something like withdrawal symptoms. It, it can feel uncomfortably naked and stripped down. So we need to shore up some wisdom when we come on retreat and have a little bit of um, stability to actually show up. It's not like we need to do something very special. So we all showed up. So far, so good. <laughs> and in these days to come, we're asked to show up, not for something special to happen exactly, but to come closer to ourselves, to open to life perhaps in a deeper way, a more sane way, uh, a more original way, rather than spending so much time trying to catch up and get somewhere to actually turn to life itself a human life life of meaning 
I think it's common for most most of us to to swing. We may have lots of energy, then we feel depleted. We get very enthusiastic, we start something, then we get disheartened. We feel great, then we feel low. It's not so easy to find inner stability. An inner stability that, that really accompanies us through life, that supports us to live heartfelt lives with openness, with kindness. Actually, taking in life. We do want to take in life, right? We want to live a life. We want to have a sense of meaning, of course. So this practice tradition is so simple. It's, it's really a tradition of peeling away what's not really necessary. And that is a little bit challenging really simplify, to dare to simplify. Even if that may have a certain rub, it's like, oh, I miss my favorite, uh, my home, my favorite food, uh, my favorite things that I do. And so here we're all visitors. And to come here... We've had to pull a lot of brakes. So we have this precious time, truly a precious time, where nothing is required of you. There is no performance needed. We're coming here together because in joining together, with this simple human focus to see what it's like to be truly present in our bodies, in our eyes, in our ears, to actually taste what we're eating, not multitasking, not looking at something at the same time, but to actually sense, to uncloud our senses, so that life can take on that vibrancy and be saturated. I think perhaps as you've come here, you've been touched by the garden. It's a lovely garden. So what we like to invite is the simple pleasures of life, to reawaken the simple pleasures of moving, of breathing, of looking and listening, of being in a, in a place that is calm and thus supports opening, opening to experience. I'm wondering if you know somebody in your life that is a really good listener. Do you have somebody like that? Or you met somebody? 
Somebody that really knows how to pay attention. Somebody that can be. This is why we like animals, furry creatures. They're kind of present in their bodies. So when somebody is present with us, it feels good. There's a quality of presence when we enter into a forest. Kind of we feel, oh, it's alive, it's here. At the heart of spiritual practice is this, to feel ourselves become increasingly presence-filled. Actually here, not so much leaning forward in the days to come and all the things that we need to do, all those plans, all those hopes and fears. Not being so caught up with all the things that we're still digesting, that were hard in the past and that still affect us. But actually starting to inhabit this time and this location. So rather than in a performance attitude, let this be a time of rest and discovery. But to discover, we need to take that challenge of showing up. There is a little bit of challenge in, in meditation practice, in the simplifying and slowing down when we're not used to it. But we'll take it step by step. So as I'm pausing, I'm just taking a breath or two to sense myself, to include thoughts and feelings and emotions, the felt sense in the body. We tend to live our lives quite up in the head in the realm of thoughts. And when we get a little bit uh, stressed or scared, we, we go up in the head even more, right? And when we feel fine and when we uh, feel well, we start to relax and spread out a little bit more in our bodies, in our hearts. So the way we're going to journey together on this retreat, there'll be instructions, there'll be guided meditations, uh, we'll have time for questions and exploring different topics, there'll be teaching, teachings. Uh, but the way we're going to be here together is resting in a sea of silence. 
silence is good for us. Friendly silence. I know we've all probably have had experiences of more cold or withdrawn kind of silence where we felt lonely or uncomfortable. The silence here is more that kind of silence that we may have with the best of friends. Well, we can just hang out together. We don't need to say much. And so here, when we came together, although you may have uh, talked during the uh, mealtime, the, the dinner time, uh, we're not exactly doing kind of presentation rounds and where do you live and what do you do. We'll speak more towards the end of this retreat, but we're kind of just letting all of that settle. And so, we'll start the retreat. And from this evening, we'll be mostly silent. And so, this may take something to get used to. But being silent doesn't mean that we cannot feel the support of others being here. I think for me and Jana, it would be really boring to sit here alone tonight. We want to be here together. As human beings, it's complicated human relationships a lot of the time. But we also like to be around each other. And when we can be around each other in a way that fosters a depth of being, that invites the most precious human qualities of kindness, of groundedness, be really being good and mature human beings living on the earth. Taking time to simply live and be and turn to our experience. This can be wonderfully supportive. The first retreat that I did Oh, 35 years ago, perhaps. It was so challenging. It was so hard. In so many different ways. It was really a new experience for me. And, uh, and it transformed my life. And so this is why we're here. That's why I made this long journey to to share this together. This opportunity of just pausing the momentum of life to discover what being human could be like, what being you could be like. I look forward to get to know you in the days to come.
So just uh, checking, is it working? Yeah, good. It was just the batteries then. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm just noticing how I enjoy listening to Leela speaking and sharing. And uh, there's a way in which we have a lot to offer each other. Some of what we offer each other is in our presence, as Lila was saying, just being human here together. Some of it is in our dedicating ourselves to the silence, to that conscious choice not to just start chatting to people, even if we might think we'd like to, because we're giving them a gift of solitude. And at the same time, what we can give each other is that sense of kind of an honouring our presence by acknowledging. So you don't have to do this, but if you'd like to, because we get to see you more than, and you get to look at us, but I think we get a better deal because there's, there's more options here. If you'd like to take a moment and just look around and see who's here, you don't have to have soulful, deep contact and look into each other's eyes, but if you'd like to just look and see who's here, just get a sense of that this group of human beings. And you might need to turn around, you're welcome to smile, but you don't have to. You might just be curious, or you might think, hmm, no, no, I don't need that right now. So there's no requirement in that. We're going to spend these next six days or so together. And uh, the sense of community is understood as one of the really precious supports for spiritual practice and unfoldment. And this is what we will be together. And part of how we do this is creating a space in which we can feel safe and connected to allow ourselves to be open. Open in our interior experience and open in our relational experience. And within this tradition, there's a, there's a particular framework that's really an essential support for that, which we create together. And it's basically a shared intention to refrain from causing harm to others or ourselves, so far as we can. That, that's the, the basic spirit, which I don't imagine anyone comes here with any other intention than that. But there's something about naming it. And there's a particular way it's expressed within the tradition and within this community where we ask everyone to undertake the five training guidelines of uh, ethical behaviour, to refrain from killing or taking the life of any human being or any other being, to refrain from taking material things that aren't ours, to not take that which is not freely offered to us, so that we can feel safe around our things, and we know our things will be respected. And so too, other people have that, and Guy House's things are cared for. We ask that for this time, you refrain from engaging in intentional sexual activity. And this isn't out of some kind of sort of puritanical or Victorian prejudice about <coughs> sexuality, which is a natural and can be a, a beautiful part of human life and spiritual life. But because in the context of a retreat like this, 
being in solitude, it really makes sense and it really supports us to just put that realm of human activity down for this time. It just makes things simple. And it's not any judgment of the territory, but just a choice to create a boundary that creates safety and allows us to be here as simple human beings, that we're not looking through that particular lens for this time. Or if we notice that we are, we're not, and we're clear that we're not intending to act upon it. So it's not to say it's not going to be here for us, it may well be, but that we're just not choosing to pursue that right now. And we also ask in the, in, in, in the Spirit also to refrain from any forms of, of speech that cause harm. Now, supporting the silence is a large part of that, but also just to see where we might hear the way we speak to ourselves and our thought processes, how much kindness and honesty we can bring into those inner dialogues. Understanding that unkindness and untruths cause a lot of harm, that words are powerful. When shared, spoken, in the times when we are speaking and there'll be opportunities for meetings to speak about your experience with Leela and myself and there might be other practical circumstances where you need to speak to one of the resident coordinators about something and, and just, just noticing what it's like to, to care for the words that we offer to another. And we also ask, as the, the fifth guideline, to refrain from any use of alcohol or intoxicants, substances or or drugs, um, obviously not including um, prescribed medication for your health and well-being of body and mind. Of course, please continue to use any such uh, materials that are supporting your well-being. But there's something about putting, again, down those kinds of activities that can be really supportive, that pays deep respect to the the consciousness of a human being, and that also helps support for those that it may not be a casual matter to refrain from alcohol or drugs. It might actually be a matter of life or death. And for people for whom that is the case, they are immensely supported by others choosing to say, at least for now, no. And so these these are kind of things that they might look like, hmm, how do I do that? Well, essentially, we ask everyone here at Guy House to take this on. And that's part of creating a space in which we kind of know, okay, this is how we'll be together. It's not saying what we have to do with the rest of our lives. Although, for many people, and certainly for myself, to make a commitment in this way can be profoundly transformative. And uh, meditation practice and spiritual exploration is given great support and in some ways it could be said it's essential support required support by this underlying orientation towards serving, supporting and protecting the well-being of each other and ourselves and that's really what the precepts are in the service of and nobody does it perfectly 
That's how it is as human beings. So it's not about that. It's about an orientation towards what's possible for us. And this isn't something that really arose at the time of the Buddha because there's these five precepts and then there's, there's something else that we have to ask in the same spirit of seriousness. And actually, you know, when we started practicing and when we started teaching, this wasn't an issue. But you know what I'm going to talk about next, I guess. Devices. And they maybe could be placed in the realm of intoxicants here. You know, we can feel some degree of addiction, some degree of kind of, whoa, I get lost in there. And it sort of, yeah, it softens the edges of my world. Takes me on all kinds of interesting journeys. But actually here we're interested in, in a kind but courageous way, meeting our life more directly and more intimately, not filtered and mediated through the layers of information, and communication that devices offer us. So as an expression both of refraining from intoxicants and equally from letting go of the world of words, of information, of reading and writing, that's all part of settling more deeply into the silence. We ask you to turn your phones and devices off and leave them off for the duration of the retreat. If someone needs to be able to contact you in an emergency situation, there is a number that you can give them, which I think you should have been given already. It was probably in the information that was sent you. Or you can get it from reception tomorrow and someone can call and say, hey, it's an emergency. And the, the staff here will come and find you. Um, And although it might seem scary and difficult, it's also a profound relief to just let go of all of that. That the world so often these days comes to us through the technology. And to see, what's it like to meet it directly, more fully? So that's my invitation. I, I will add to it the observation that I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people in retreats like this that started off along the lines, well, I just thought I might look at my messages. And the person is arriving in a, a state of some difficulty, distress, confusion, stress, pressure, or something like that. The world will get by without you for a few days. It really will. And it's... It's good for the world to know that it can. It's kind of sometimes a bit worried. You know, how will it cope without this person who's so important? Because we each are. If we give it a chance to practice, just for a few days, coping without this one, or this one, then the world relaxes because it realizes, oh, we can manage if we have to for a while. Of course, one day the world will have to manage without us completely. So just a little gentle trial run for that time which is hopefully a long way away but we never know and so tomorrow morning we'll talk more about it in the morning to tell you how we'll make an opportunity an invitation for you to in a simple way just give up your phones and we'll lock them away for you you'd be able to get them back if you need it but we'll tell you how that happens tomorrow morning for now just turn them off and if you 
have to let someone know that you're not going to be available for messages or calls or all of that for the next few days. Do that before you go to bed tonight so that they're relaxed about the fact that you won't be answering your phone. And that, I think, really allows us to land more deeply. We talked about practicing with earth, finding our ground. What does that mean for us? We can trust in something. We can find something to rest upon. It isn't so dependent on what is out there. Not separate from what's out there, but not so dependent on others or externals. That within what it is that we are as human beings and what we can know and experience for ourselves as human beings is so much richness, so much support, so much ground. And it's in the service of this that we we explore what it is to let go or to put things down that we might otherwise find useful. And I'm not knocking, you know, the value of devices. They're wonderful. But as all things, they have limitations. And so again, we have no coercive capacity here, but this is what we ask in our being here together. And one more piece I wanted to add to that sense of caring for each other. You've received, and as um, Shell mentioned in the coordinator's opening talk, the sort of instructions with regard to COVID protocols. And it's, it's a time of perhaps less clarity for many of us, certainly for myself, excuse me, <coughs> on exactly what is most useful and appropriate. And there have always been uncertainties and differences of view as we know some of the protocol as it's written was written some time ago and Leela and I looking at it thought mm, it might be slightly out of date now this isn't for me to say because that's Guy House's position I'm connected with Guy House so that's what they've given you and they've given it to us too my observation is that right now in the culture and context that we're in and in the situation without having any certainties that I can offer you or myself. For most of us, it's a choice to see if we feel we need or would like to wear a mask for protection. Then, Or if we have any reason to believe we might have something we need to protect others from, then, of course, that's a very different situation. But with regard to protecting ourselves, if you wish to wear a mask, of course, you're very welcome to. And if your current mode of being in the world amongst others is not doing so, then I personally feel that it's okay to make that choice and that's in line with how we are together in most of the spaces I'm in and see. And so I just want to name that. And I'm aware it can get complicated really easily. If anyone feels they need support to take care of what they need 
if that doesn't seem to be in what Guy House is offering, then it's fine to reach out and let me know or one of the coordinators know if you need some kind, or us know, if you need some help with taking care of yourself in any realm, in fact. And I would include that here. So one of the things we were doing when we were at different stages of the pandemic was we had all the windows open all day. And when I taught here in December, we were all sitting in blankets and coats and jackets and hats with all the windows open. And that was part of people feeling safe and protected, that we did that together. At this time, my sense is it's good to have some air for a number of reasons, but it maybe doesn't have to be quite so cold. Again, I don't have any answers for you. I'm just wanting to name what's here. Some might wish for more air. Some might wish for less. It's always been like that at Guy House, to be honest. Mm -hmm. There's no way to have 40-something people in a room and get the conditions just right for each of us. So we all need to find what feels workable that might involve some stretch. And if it comes to a point where we feel like, actually, this is beyond what I can stretch to... That's where I would suggest reach out, check in, we'll see what is possible. That's, I think, what I can offer. And I hope that's sort of lands in a way that seems useful and appropriate for you. We didn't plan beyond this point. (laughs) (laughs) it was rather sweet we've done this a lot together and uh, we thought oh we'll just see what we feel like but my inclination is to invite you to pick it up here of course (laughs) what we were intending to do was to have a little meditation and uh, well we've been sitting for for quite a while so uh, I'd like to invite you to stand up and stretch a little bit. So let let the body have some room to move. Move in a way that just feels nice now. for some 10 minutes or so, so it's going to be very short, Um, and this is what I like you to know, no one will get a gold star for sitting on a cushion on the floor, so if you feel that a chair would be really nice, that's a really good option. So it doesn't matter what posture you have in this room, it just needs to be reasonably comfortable. Okay? So if you want to change where you're sitting now, that's really fine. Okay? So once you feel that you've stretched a bit, find a way of sitting that is good enough. We'll talk more about 
the different forms of meditation that we're going to engage in these days. Sitting meditation is one of these forms, but so is walking meditation, standing meditation, laying down meditation. I'd like you to know that if something gets a little bit too much, you can move. Do it in a gentle way, in a kind way to yourself. So there is, this is not an endurance training. Uh, you do not have to hold the fixed position. Yes, we like to support a settling. And when the mind starts to calm down, it may take some days, and then the heart starts to calm down, the body also starts to find more ease. And so, please take this to heart so that you're not putting undue pressure onto yourself that now I have to sit in, in a rigid fashion for a very long time. So that's not quite how we're going to do this. We're going to incline our heart and mind and attention towards a settling and a relaxing into the body. And part of that is in sitting. But if you need to move a little, you move a little. can be helpful to sit just a little bit upright, not tensing, more reminding yourself from within to take this seat on this retreat. The seat of presence, to sit with dignity. You may want to take some little bit fuller, wider breaths to really breathe in and to really breathe out, perhaps through the mouth. And on the out breath, let yourself relax. Relaxing tense muscles, a certain way of holding oneself, letting the mind rest. So nothing special needs to happen now. It may be helpful to Gently close your eyes, if you haven't already, and see what it's like for you to turn your attention within. And simply breathe, and sense the breathing as it happens by itself.
in the body, through the body. Don't try to stop thinking. Thoughts will happen. But bring attention to the experience in the body. The kind of sinking downwards to actually feel the breath, experience the breath somewhere in the the belly, belly area, a bit more central in the body or the chest area. So you can let yourself be with and track <coughs> that movement of breath that makes the body expand and fall back. Just keep on relaxing. Let the way you're being present with yourself, the inner climate, Let it be kind and friendly. You're just paying attention, not to anything special. It's the ordinariness of breathing. No entertainment not trying to get somewhere, actually doing nothing, but paying heartfelt attention. If you find that you get a little bit caught up in some storyline, fantasy, some planning. Once you notice, just come back to the breath without feeling frustrated with yourself or judging yourself. Just come back in this embodied way of being, embodied awareness.
You can let each breath be a way of arriving here and landing here without any rush. This landing can continue for days. Let yourself land in yourself. Familiarize yourself with what it's like to sit here right now. You may hear sounds. There's a certain atmosphere in this room, certain temperature. You may feel the contours of your body, the shape of you. And nothing needs to be done with any of this, simply noticing, becoming aware.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.